0: You know the expression, live every day like it's the last day of your life? It's a nice inspirational thing to say, but honestly, who does that stuff? If a great majority of people were doing that, then Netflix would be out of business. And that would destroy me because I do love it so. But that's just it. If you really think about it, how much of your time in a given day is wasted on worrying and doing and thinking about bullshit? if you can get the new iPhone, or how much traffic there'll be after work, or if your wife is still mad about how you haven't broken down the enormous cardboard box the little princess kitchen came in that your infant daughter got for Christmas and has been sitting in the basement for three months. I finally did it, by the way. These things seem so inconsequential when compared to the finality of death. LA-based comic Quincy Jones knows all too well what I'm talking about. Last July, he was given less than a year to live. Doctors diagnosed Quincy with a very invasive form of cancer, and he has unfortunately had to endure countless rounds of chemotherapy to stay alive. To Quincy, the expression, live every day like it's the last day of your life, is not a choice. It's what he has to do, and he is doing it. He's now completely devoted to kicking cancer's ass and fulfilling his dream of performing and filming a comedy special. Please head over to Quincy Jones's Kickstarter page and his GoFundMe page to find out how you can help him with his legacy. And here's my talk with Quincy Jones. You're from Seattle too, right? Right, I am. I got family up there in Bellevue. Oh
1: yeah, really? Yeah. East side, nice, nice.
0: It's so pretty up there. I went there years ago. That was in July, and it was ten days. It didn't rain a single drop. Oh,
1: yeah. Seattle in the summertime is the best in the world, man. I tell you that much.
0: And then people were like, yeah, we just tell people it rains to keep them out.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a, a passive-aggressive Seattle move for sure.
0: <laughs> that's cool, man. Now you're in L.A., right? Yeah. I So I saw you on Kickstarter, and that's the beauty of these crowdfunding things. You know, regular people are just trying to fulfill their purposes in the world. You don't have to be beholden to corporate interests and, like, marketing firms telling you you know i was thinking about your angle the whole dying to accomplish your goals thing and yeah. i don't know i think it's a tad unoriginal you don't have to deal with that at all how has the support been
1: i mean it's been amazing not even just financially but uh emotionally you know physically mentally I, I've, I've been really fortunate to have a strong support system around me and i feel it's definitely helped me in uh dealing with the cancer and you know it, as, as in in regards to, I feel like, uh, staving off the, the, the rapid approaching of the
0: cancer. What kind of cancer is it?
1: It's, uh, it's called peritoneal mesothelioma. It's the one that I don't know if they have those uh, late-night infomercials for out there, but they, they had them out here uh, for, like, if you or someone you know has been exposed to asbestos, then you might have the, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, so, so it's that. But there's three types. There's a heart, lung, and stomach. Mine's in my stomach. What it does is not like a normal type of cancer. It doesn't like clump up in cells where we could radiate or do anything like that. What it does is it gets in the lining of your, uh, your body parts, your organs, and it stops fluid. And then the fluid gets backed up and it has to go somewhere. And so then that causes you to keep getting drained or whatnot.
0: Jesus, man. Because time is so precious now for you. How do you balance the spending time with your family and chasing your goal? My family, my mom, I mean, she would chain me to the bed. You know what I'm saying? If she found out I was fucking dying. Like, my mom would be like, no, you're not going anywhere. My fam- my wife, they'd be like, you're staying. You're not chasing anything. You're going to watch Netflix with us until you fucking die. We'll feed you out of a straw.
1: Yeah, I think that would kill me quicker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You know, you're probably right about that. How do you balance that? Are, is it, are you finding it difficult? Or
1: I mean – no, I, I don't I don't find it difficult at all. For me, it's really I put it like this, like they they give you a prognosis, you know, these doctors that you know, they, they they studied more books, you know, they went to school longer, they they have a better idea of how the body works. But what they don't attest to and what they can never really account for is the human will, the uh, the desire to survive, the ability to fight, the stubbornness, the willpower. You know, so they don't account for those things in medical professions, and so I feel like that's what sort of dictates a person's. I think that definitely not dictates, but it definitely helps affect a person's outlook, a uh, person's a person's results when it comes to dealing with cancer. For me personally, I didn't choose to accept a year. Like someone could tell you you're gonna die in a year, it's like, nah. I don't <laughs> think that's. A, I don't. I don't. Nah. It's, I don't. No. Nah, I'm not feeling that not feeling that you know I turned it down as quickly as you would turn down Brussels sprouts you know like just <laughs> like i'm just not i'm just not with it i just don't feel like that's what i want to do so i committed mentally right there in that snap decision i didn't dwell on it i didn't think of anything else there was no real game plan i was just like i'll do whatever it takes to survive Whatever it takes. If, you know, naturally you get bombarded with a bunch of ideas and supplements and stuff like that, and you know it gets overwhelming. And you try a little of this, you try a little of that, and you depending what depends on where your energy's feeling and whatnot.
0: There's a lot of bullshit though out there, right? Like rock crystals and
1: yeah. I mean, I guess for me, rock crystals didn't sound like it'd be beneficial. Like once you realize <laughs> what type of cancer it is, you're like, okay, you know, obviously you're gonna have to make some health changes, right? So if you're eating a steak a month. You might want to cut back on that. If you're eating a lot of sugary food, you might want to cut back on that, you know, or eliminate it completely. A lot of times, people aren't willing to do what it takes to survive. Or they say they're willing to fight as long as they remain comfortable. If I said, hey, yo, you can add guaranteed five years to your life if you drank more water. Most people still wouldn't do that. They still wouldn't do that. They, not, not knowing when they would die, they'd still be like, eh, I'm good. I like a Coke. Coca Day,
0: (laughs) we're so stubborn as a species, you know, in a way. I
1: feel I don't feel like we're stubborn. I feel like we take life for granted.
0: Yeah, man.
1: I feel like because of technology advancements and all stuff and animal planet shows, I feel like we take it for granted.
0: A lot of it. When you got your diagnosis, they gave you a year.
1: Right. Correct.
0: Did you have any idea that you were going to get this kind of diagnosis?
1: None at all. None at all. I didn't have one singular idea of this happening and I always I mean I I didn't take life for granted I took opportunities for granted and what I mean by that is I took marriage and kids and desires you know the simple stuff that you think you could put off and you're not really looking
0: for I fall into that trap too all the time procrastination I do that constantly bro like I procrastinate leave it off leave it off leave it off leave it off I guess it's like until you're in your boots you know and you're looking death in the face then you really got to get going. Like, how focused are you right now? Is this the most focused you've ever been in your entire life?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I have a tendency when I when I focus on something, I lock in. You know, I, I, I'm I'm ambitious. You know, you know, but sometimes I lock in so much that I drown out other things. And so that you know, it, it's hard to find balance. I've always said the balance, consistency, and perspective are some of the simplest things, but hardest things to maintain and attain in life. Mm. So. For me, this time, it, it, it involves my life. So, yeah, it's like, all right, well, hey, you know, it's not like, I, I mean, I was really healthy before. I didn't eat red meat. You know, I didn't really drink heavy. I, I didn't smoke cigarettes at all, you know. So it was just like, always oh, like, okay, I'm good. And then, then one day, my belly just started filling up with fluid. And then, you know, I had to get, you know, get it drained. And then I was like, and then it kept filling up with fluid. And then they didn't know why. And I was like, okay. So up until they told me it was cancer, that's when it was like, okay. All right. Well, we found out, I found out July 3rd that it was cancer. I was in a hospital in Jersey. I was like, okay, it's cancer. They're like, you got to go back home and fight it. I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. I will go back home. I get in the hospital and then it's like, I stayed there for 45 days, man. I was there for 45 days just trying to figure out. And I went through my first round of chemo and that killed me. I slept for like two days afterwards. It was horrible. Uh, and I was like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do it again. I was like, uh, after the first few rounds, I was like, I think I'm going to throw in the towel. I think I'm good. I don't think I need to keep doing this. If it's my time to go. It's my time to go. And my support system was like, nah, sorry, we won't let that happen. Same way you're not willing to, you know, give in to these doctor's orders. We're not going to let you give into this, you know, moment of, of, of weakness and, and doubt. I said, okay. So I kept doing it. I kept doing the chemo.
0: Damn, bro. Do you blame it on Jersey?
1: You know, can't trust Jersey. You can't trust you know? those
0: fuckers, bro. <laughs> they can't drive. Everything bad happens in Jersey. You go across True. that bridge. I it I'm the type of guy that I go on WebMD and I look up rare tropical diseases, like incurable ones. I'm sick like that. Like, I look into all these things. And I looked into your the mesothelioma. 70 to 80% of it is exposure to asbestos. Right. Were you ever fucking exposed to asbestos? How did that happen, bro? There is some instances, right, where it happens. It's a rare... To, to just occur in the human body. Also, talc. Did you hear about the whole baby powder thing? Yeah. That yeah. fucked me up. I'm, I've been using baby powder for years.
1: So, yeah, here's the thing about baby powder uh, is that, like, you would never think that it would do that.
0: It's got the word baby in it.
1: <laughs> not only that, but it, it seems like it, it could never go wrong. It would never go wrong. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah that's what it was it's the talc in it apparently and and if you don't know there was this woman who used it for for years for like 50, 40 50 years and she uh, was using baby powder you know to keep her, her her freshness fresh like i use it to keep my balls dry especially in the right. summer heat and right. she was using it and then apparently they proved in court that the talc caused her some kind of cervical cancer and she won like a $72 million suit.
1: I mean, uh, uh, that is, that is it's super crazy because I guess you just never would think that. Like, we put it on babies. We put it to keep our nuts dry. You know what I'm right. saying? Some people put it on the sheets to give it that fresh laundry scent. You know what I'm saying? Like, you use it randomly and sporadically, and then people were like, no one thinks to check out the ingredients. Nobody ever thought that.
0: First, it was Red Bull's bad for you. Then it was, uh, you know, baby powder. I mean, what's next? I'm bracing, man. Tell, tell me it's peanut butter or some shit. I'll fucking die. Nothing
1: is nothing is good for us. Like like every time we think, okay, all right, well, you know, red meat causes this. Okay, well, we stop eating red meat. Oh, chicken causes this. Okay, well, eggs cause. It's like okay, basically our foods like we live longer because we've been eating genetically modified foods, and now they're fucking coming back to haunt us. It makes sense.
0: Yeah. We create monsters of convenience. Yeah. I'm in Germany right now, and uh, here GMOs are illegal. Really? Oh, yeah. They made a stern law against that. And that's one of the biggest trade blocks with this whole free trade union that they want to build with the United States and Europe. And a lot of the farmers here are like, well, if you get genetically modified seeds you know, from over there, you won't be able to stop it. There's no way to see the difference between like a genetically modified tomato seed and one that's not. It, it'll just flood the market with the with stuff.
1: I believe that, but I mean... Germany has some good food. Yeah. Look. Have you been here? No, I haven't been to Germany. I want to go, though. But now, now that I know you, when I go there, I'm looking for a couch to crash on.
0: Yeah, man. fuck yeah, oh, cool. bro. Come on over, man. You got to do some <laughs> shows, dude. So what what is going on with the comedy special? Did you get it? I mean, we, we got enough money to film it. I was actually just
1: looking at a text message from my production team. They said that they're heading to look at the Lyric uh, Theater. But I really want the Telegram. And they're keeping the appointment with, uh, with another theater to make sure. So right now, the venue's not even locked down. Mm. But, you know, the date is, and I'm just trying to figure this stuff out.
0: So that's the dream. After his diagnosis, did you automatically think, I want a comedy special? Was that the first no. thought in your head? No. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. What was no, it? No, no. The
1: first thought in my head was to survive, to make it to the first CT scan and see the results of that. They read the results of that. They either say, hey, it's spreading. You need to wrap it up. Or it's shrinking. Now I didn't hear any of that. I heard that it's containing it. What I heard was, hey, we want you to know that this isn't going to last forever. Eventually, the fluid will start coming back, and once it does, that's going to sort of mark the end, because they can't keep you won't keep doing chemo forever. Your body can't handle it. Even for me, every I get it every three weeks, and that's not even the heavy batches anymore. Just every three weeks. So.
0: And 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 what it's doing is it's just containing it. Is that what right. it is? It is- it's just contained, just controlling right now. And mesothelioma is, is, is a tough one. Right. But people do survive, though. Oh, yeah. I, I don't— I, don't I know you. I that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to fucking kill your whole psyche, you know, by oh, uh, you know, I'll be that, like, guy in the back, you know, the troll. I'm not trying to do that.
1: No, no, no. I, I don't take it as that. I view it as, as just it being is what it is. I understand that it, it's, a, it's a possibility. I understand it might even be a likelihood. But we don't know the time, you know. No one knows the time we're going to go. So I don't even like I'm not looking at the clock, you know, I'm just sitting here. I want to do I want to have something to leave
0: behind to show that I was here. And that's the most important thing, right? Legacy. That's exactly what it's about. Damn, bro. That's such a for someone you're only 32 years old. And usually legacy is a word that bring that you bring up when you're much older and you have those two pillars, maturity and time on your hands. And you don't have those. What's it like dealing with the weight of that word without those two pillars? Well,
1: I put it to you like this, man. One thing I've always put in perspective that helps me when I start thinking too much about it is like, hey, nobody's around to see their legacy in the first place. You know what I'm saying? When people start talking about legacy, you're dead. So you never (laughs) really know what your legacy is. Right. You never know. People could be in your face, and every day, and your best friend gives a eulogy, and he'd be like, Hey, he still owes me 12 bucks from third grade. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. But you never know. You never fucking know. And that's the crazy part. Like that, that's just that word.
0: That's why I'm doing this, man, for my daughter. I got a 16 right. month old daughter. At first, I didn't know why I was doing it. You know, you start things, you're just like, I don't know why. Let me talk to some interesting people. And now, the more and more I do it, my focus is narrowing. You know, when I'm gone in maybe a couple of years and something happens to me, I want her to look back on these conversations with people like you and gain something from it and find her own purpose in life, whatever that may be.
1: Well, uh, well you said your daughter's 16 months?
0: She's 16 months, yep. And what's her name? Mariella.
1: Mariella. You Italian? Is your wife Italian? No, German. German. Oh, I didn't. I never knew a German Mariella.
0: Well, hey, that you know, was the first one for everything. Right? She's a German-American.
1: Oh. Well, first of all, let me say congratulations.
0: Thank man. you, thank you. I appreciate that, man.
1: I could only imagine what being a father's like, man. That joy, that that pride, that, that desire to provide and protect against you know the whole world. You know what I'm saying? Like you're willing to go against the whole world if you need be, you know. And I look at that real, really. I'm just like, man, that is a feeling. I hope one day to to be able to share it. But I think the fact that you're talking to people to Get their perspective for life for your daughter shows the type of person you are and the type of lifestyle that she's going to lead.
0: yeah, I'm trying not to take things for granted anymore. right. and I can only imagine what it's like to be in your position right now, but I mean, we, we go through so much bullshit in a regular day, so many thoughts, so many things, we spend so much time worrying about nothing if in the broad stroke of things. And now your life is so simple.
1: yeah, I mean my life was my life was pretty simple
0: before. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> but I definitely viewed it as this, as, hey, you know, calm down, stop, Nicholas, stop. My dog's happy that I came out the out the room.
0: Oh, nice, man. I got one, too.
1: I got a little terrier. He's running around with no regards.
0: I got a buddy. I don't know what the hell he is.
1: Yeah, yeah, this one, this one is, uh, he's a terrier now. I gave him a little treat. But, you know, I mean, like, I've always viewed life as being simple. We make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be sometimes. Mortality definitely puts things in perspective for you. What it is you're doing, what it is you want to do. Have you been wait? Have you been utilizing your time the best best way possible?
0: Well, I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I guess not really. You put things off. You procrastinate, and you don't really get to what you need to get to. You know, because you think you have so much time. And if there was like a pill you could take to have that like real last day feeling. That would be like the most successful drug in the history of mankind.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know. I can't tell you to speak to the scientifics and the, and the you know, mechanics of high I feel like when I perform. But boy, I tell you, that feeling, nothing better. Nothing better, man. If I could bottle that drug up, I'd sell it to every addict in the world.
0: <laughs> how has comedy helped you cope?
1: It, it helps a lot. It's just like I go on that stage I talk about what I want to talk about. That's that. I don't feel sick. I don't feel burdened. I don't do that. It's like, hey, this is my time to escape these little four or five minutes, you know, at a time. Now I'm getting a little longer sets to, uh, to do. And it's, 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 it's a beautiful feeling, man. I can't even begin to tell you. It's like it's a beautiful feeling to be doing what you love.
0: Yeah, some people just never get to that point. They never gain the courage in their life to quit their dead-end job and, you know, really go after it. And you're doing that. That's got to feel liberating.
1: People associate success with their passions, a lot of times the old generation, our old parents, would be like, "Well, how can you make money from it?" Our older generations aren't teaching happiness, and that's an American thing. You know what I'm saying? To be happy. Every other place is like, "Nah, dude, you do what you got to do to survive. That's that's all you're here to do is just survive." And American way is like, "Nah, we gotta, we're trying to be happy in our existence." Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You try telling your German grandparents or whatever, like, "I don't want to be happy." They're like, "What?" Happiness? <laughs> I've been fighting for my life. What do you mean happiness?
0: Right. You do what you got to do. Yeah, you go to the shoe store now. You work yeah, all day. Exactly. You sweep the floor, you know? Your man come in, you measure his shoe. I mean, Well, that's a different generation. And you're right. Like, my parents, and my, they're like that too. It's like, oh, how can you make money? And also, you know what, man? Comedy, you're an artist.
1: Yeah, I'm an artist. I feel that way. Sometimes I, Sometimes I don't. <laughs> sometimes I feel like, oh, man, what am I doing it for?
0: Comedy's a tough gig. You immediately know if somebody doesn't get a joke.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely hits because you're like, well, damn, I thought that was funny. Or sometimes there's not even any guarantee. You're like, man, this worked ten out of you know the past ten times I've done it, and now it's not. And you're like, what? You start looking at like, why the hell isn't it fucking working?
0: It takes a certain character to get up there and make and try and make people laugh.
1: Man, I feel like I'm just trying to. All I'm trying to do is say, talk into a microphone, say some thoughts and find it funny and it helps me and I feel like laughter helps other people. You know, I feel like that's really people's calling is like, how are we helping other people? Are we maximizing our time here? Are we being the most productive? Probably not. Everyone lollygags, right? Mm. So it's like you just got to sort of try and find your little, your little piece make your little sense of the world.
0: Little pleasure island.
1: Exactly. You know, you just got to try and figure out what works for you and then understand that nobody has it figured out. Not one person has it figured out. Mariella's going to learn that. She's going to be like, she's going to look up and all her friends are going to be like, "Why? Well, I know what I'm doing in university. I'm going to go for a doctor. And she may not know. She may not get it. So, you know, her, her passion may not be successful financially, mm. but we sort of have to encourage her and support her remember like, hey, you can do whatever you want to do and don't let finances be the determining factor of what's
0: successful or not. And can you have the courage to go do that and follow your heart? Yeah,
1: are you safe? Are you happy? I feel like that's the two parents thing. Like, are you safe and are you happy? And whether our parents or our grandparents said it or not, that's pretty much all they are worried about.
0: Are yeah. you safe?
1: Are you happy? You are
0: good. It takes enormous risk to just go and do what you want to do. Exactly,
1: and, and as long as you, as long as you uh, recognize that and you know show respect to that, as well as as well as other aspects, I feel like she's gonna feel great. She's gonna feel great about her decisions.
0: Hey, how how much does the insurance money cost? Does insurance cover anything? Are you on insurance?
1: I, I don't have insurance. I put it like insurance covers the basics. That's all it does, the basics.
0: Fuck, man. I don't. I don't want to get political, but there's no reason why people should die of cancer in America. They print money in this country. the 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 budget, the military budget, is out the ass with so much stuff, and yet people die of cancer. I don't get that.
1: People die of cancer because. The the money is in the
0: treatment, not the cure. They used the AIDS virus to fight cancer. Did you read that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I saw fucking that. I saw. crazy.
1: Well, that's sort of that's sort of weird, though. I mean, not to get all conspiracy theorists or anything like that, but I find that weird that something we created, something we created, helps fight another disease.
0: What do you think we created AIDS?
1: Ah, uh, man, what do you think we got it from, bread? What do you <laughs> think AIDS
0: gonna I thought somebody fucked a monkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought Marilyn Manson also removed his rib so he could suck his own dick.
1: We've all looked at a baboon ass and be like, you know what? I don't. I wouldn't mind sticking
0: my back, <laughs> in there. <America." laughs> oh man! I was just at the zoo. Those things are nasty. Oh yeah, man. It's uh... Oh yeah. I mean, America.
1: I mean, I've always said. I think everyone knows it. The American government doesn't care about its people. I mean, that, I mean, that, that's that. You know, I, I love being American. There's nothing, you know, anti-American. But it's just being reality-based, where it's like, I mean, you look at some of the stuff that's happening, you're like, okay, maybe this isn't the best way to show you care, but I get it, you know? That's what I'm
0: saying. Like, if you get cancer in America and you have an American passport, the government should take care of you. Take a couple billion dollars of that defense budget that's going to research and development, whatever the hell that is, and put it to somewhere where people can see it. Like, that's the thing here in Europe, man. Like, they have universal health care. Like, when you go to the emergency room, you don't have to worry about going broke. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's
1: what the, I mean, here's the thing. America has shown what its priorities have been. For, you know, years, for decades, we've known it's like, nah, we're trying to be number one. We're number one, we're trying to stay number one. And in order to do that, we got to fucking maintain, we got to be
0: bullies. That's it. But that's just so ridiculous. Like, number one in what? The world police? I, I just don't understand that kind of rationale when you look at it. You got a country like here, like Germany, they fix the roads here. There's universal health care, there's things, there's no reason in America they shouldn't have that.
1: I mean, in comparison to universal health care, yeah. But then again, compared to what we were dealing with before, I mean, shit, it's a, it's an upgrade.
0: Again, I understand
1: politics. It's a, it's a back-scratching thing. You do something for somebody, you owe them a favor. Everyone's trying to be ambitious. So I, I get it. But at the same time, it's just like, ah. Sometimes when, when you're sick, you're just like, man, I really just fucking want to get better.
0: That's all. And
1: when I watched Dallas Buyers Club, I was like, Yo, I know it was AIDS, but there has to be a better way than chemo. There's no way you could tell me that there isn't.
0: And that guy went above and beyond to get the AZT or, or whatever medication he got from Mexico. I mean, they were doing smuggling operations and, you know, he was renting a hotel room and selling these pills. out. And that happened in America. That wasn't a third world country. Right. That's what's scary about that. When you got diagnosed, did you ever, did you think about robbing a bank or filming a porno? Or doing something like going just completely spelunking naked. I mean, I, I don't know anything that personifies that fuck it all, I, I have nothing to lose attitude. I mean,
1: you care a lot less about re- consequences repercussions. I bet. And then you also have to think, what if I live longer? Yeah. Then you're like, eh. You're like, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I won't
0: go ape shit. <laughs> maybe I won't go to my local bank and hand her a uh, note.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, we all, we all watch Heat. We all know how it goes. <laughs>
0: right <laughs> i love that
1: movie we all watch heat we're all like yeah you know what if it came down to it i'm fucking going for it
0: I, I i might bro let me just try and then at the end i'll just be like oh i was just kidding guys
1: i feel like that's what life is life is a big fucking uh compilation of what if moments you know yeah like, you know y'all get depressed y'all sometimes feel like death like you're like damn what's the point you're going to feel alone. You're going to feel safe. When Mariella goes through her first breakup, she's going to feel like it's the end of the world. It's mm-hmm. so like you got to look at the moment. Like, but what if, what, if, what if we turn this ship
0: around? You always got to have that hope, man.
1: If you don't have hope, you're not living. You're not living right if you don't have hope.
0: But how do you, in the, in the face of such dire consequences like you have, do you ever get just down and be like, fuck, man. Of
1: course. Of course I wanted to throw in the towel hundreds of times. Get, when you've been in the hospital for 45 days, you got bed sores, you're trying to figure out how to, you know, get your bones going again, you come home, your house is in disarray, all that jazz, right? Mm. You start thinking to yourself, I got to figure out a way.
0: So what, what do you want to be remembered for?
1: I just want to be remembered as a, as a, as a, as a you know, as a, as a good dude who was funny, who cared, who tried to make genuine connections, who always made time, who always tried to follow through, you know, simple stuff like that.
0: Nothing fancy. Yeah, it's those little things, man, that overlooked, huh? You don't want to be that dude
1: who's willing to do anything and everything to make it to make it successful. Mm-hmm. We all want it bad. How bad do you want it? You willing to do anything for it? Well, I'm not willing to do anything for it. It's like I got, I got. There's limitations that come with my quest for
0: success. I mean, what do you think about people that sell their soul to Satan? It's so easy sometimes, it seems. Like that guy with the the Scarelli guy who bought the pharmaceuticals and he bought the Wu-Tang album, that asshole. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about? Right, yeah, yeah. Like, like that guy, he obviously sold out. He went for the money. Why is it that society, I think, especially in America and especially in New York, it's always about how much you make? That's the first question.
1: Nobody could ever make you feel bad about something you've done if you're real with yourself and you're honest with yourself about what you've done does that make sense yeah no one could ever bring up something about my past and have me feel shameful because i've been honest with myself about it so for me it's like it's the same thing when it comes to wealth it doesn't matter how much money a person has they're not better than me i'm happy i'm in a rare position where i'm happy that's all people are trying to do is be happy.
0: And I, and I guess so many people aren't.
1: So many people aren't because so many people wouldn't even know the first step to take it
0: to go be happy. They just feel trapped.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. I get that.
0: You know, in their own existence and like...
1: we all just trying to figure out what works. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: No, 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 no. You can't really pass judgment on someone else's path.
1: Right, right. Exactly.
0: And then and that's the thing. Sometimes you got to let people make mistakes. You got to let them do their own thing and fuck up. You know, that's one of the things I also want Marietta to learn. You know, I want her to go out and make as many mistakes as possible.
1: I mean, but the fact that you're encouraging that and supporting that will allow her the safe space to explore. And through exploration comes wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Through exploration comes learning.
0: A lot of parents, they get too protective.
1: Exactly. They want to, hey, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Let them make the same mistakes you made. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. You got. You're supporting them. You're not fucking throwing them to the wolves. Let, let, them, let them fucking bump their head a bit.
0: Yeah, you got to let them fall. I. It was funny the other day at the playground. There was some some woman who was like standing right behind her son, like up his ass. I'm like letting Mariella run around, you know. And she fell a couple times, and I was like, dude, you know, that's all. And the mothers were looking at me like, what? Like I'm like, dude, do you be who she is? Let her make mistakes. Because in life, a lot of people, when they start to get knocked down, they don't know how to get back up because they've never been able to do it before. They never have dealt with adversity. A lot of parents protect them from that shit. I will not. I will put her out front.
1: Yeah, and she'll get stronger, and she'll bounce back, and she'll live. It's not the end of the world if you get hurt. It's the end of the world if you quit fighting. That's it. That's it. You quit fighting, that's it. You throw in that towel. That is it. That's the end of that opportunity. That's the end of that chapter. That's the end. That's the beginning of the end is when you start thinking, I want to quit. And, you, and we all go through that. We all want it. We all think about it, right? So you got to pull yourself together and be like, I'm, I, I got to figure out a way. Stop That's-
0: it. <laughs> oh, dude, people got to go to the Kickstarter page, though, and they got to give or GoFundMe.
1: Yeah, please donate to the GoFundMe so I could pay rent. That'd be amazing. <laughs> A lot of times, people, people look at the GoFundMe and they're like, oh, yes, yeah, this much money. I'm like, nah, what they don't tell you is they, they take a certain percentage of it, of whatever you donate, every donation.
0: I'd write a letter to them and be like, yo, can you keep that number on the DL?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Please. like. When, I, just, I always say this all the time. It's like having to explain to people what net worth means. It, means you, it doesn't mean you have all the money right <laughs> then and there at that moment. Right. You know?
0: And I think we'll stop right there. What a great guy, huh? Jim's Velt is available on Stitcher on SoundCloud, on Spresher, and on iTunes. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe and comment on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate that. And if you like this, please share with all your friends and family. For Jim from Jim's I greatly appreciate you guys for listening. Till next time, peace. And I'm, you, asparagus. I'm you my
1: peace